politics and precious metals, currency and current events, and from Bitcoin to banksters, this is the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Arterburn and Kenzie. I thought you'd jump in with that shot being your cue there, Kins. Oh, you just you just want me to explode out the gate? <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> Coming in hot, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know, the economic news not getting better, Kenzie. Can you believe it? They they can't solve these problems with um with monopoly money and uh shutting off supply chains. Who knew, right? Who knew? Huh, I wonder who's been talking about that for I don't know since it all started. Yeah, I saw Can you think of busy. anybody? You've been busy with uh, at Wise Wolf Gold on Twitter, and uh, it's like, wait, I didn't, I didn't text that, I didn't tweet that, but that sounds like me. Oh, it's Kinsey. <laughs> anyway, yeah. folks, welcome to the Wise Wolf Gold and Crypto Show. I'm Tony Arterburn. I'm joined by my co-host, co-pilot, uh, top researcher, uh, the. <laughs> The slayer of normalcy bias, Kinsey. Say hello. Oh, I like that. I like I like the slayer of normalcy bias. And hello to everybody. Um, just to let you know, I tweeted out on the uh, Wise Wolf Gold account like just now because somebody mentioned something. We absolutely have to title the show when the banks go bankrupt because I told them that's what it's going to be called. Well, Kinsey has spoken. That's what it shall be called. And again, they, the banks are going bankrupt. Um, but that's because of the banksters themselves. I mean, uh, yes. I think a lot of it's by design. They're playing a game of what seems like Russian roulette to me right now, Tony. Um, I watched such a good video last night. Um, George Gammon, again, he just does such a great job with kind of explaining things that I have a little bit of a grasp on. But to really understand the technicals, you know, there's a few people out there that just do a great job of that. And um, he really did as far as the reverse repo markets uh, and explaining that. And, you know, to folks out there that don't know, we're doing two trillion every single day in reverse repos. And we weren't even doing those hardly at all before the pandemic. Right, Tony? Like not like that. I mean, you had. Yeah. um the reverse repos, that's that's a whole other thing, too, because if you look at the last quarter of 2019, that's when I really start. Obviously, I've been paying attention to the Fed fiat currency for a long time. Yeah, but that's when I, my eyebrows started to raise going. Is anybody else looking at this? That's when they were putting in. It's estimated that they put in about six trillion in the mm -hmm. repo markets. And you're talking about reverse repo, which that's a that's a totally different. Thing. <laughs> that's taking. Yeah, it that's out. overnight. That's. Yes. Every single day overnight. And what really made me understand that last night and how just severe this is, like, I know that this is a way for banks to move money around. But, Tony, I didn't have the clearest understanding. And I'm still not sure that I totally do right now, but that's OK. Like, this is a place for us to, to talk stuff out. And if I'm wrong about something, somebody call me out. If you feel differently, call me out on it. Um, but to think that the largest banks here in America are literally two trillion is just crazy to think of even with the largest banks in the u.s right but basically 
all of all of the debts that they're handing out, which I know debts are sold off. Like the moment you get a mortgage, by the time the bank has processed that, like three other banks have already bought it. Cut out a little bit. Balance sheets only look good at. But if they do get serious about tapering, if they do get serious about something else, then there's nowhere to park that money. And, you know, that's what's kind of confused me over the last couple of years is like, why do the bank's balance sheets still look okay? Because we're getting all of this economic news. Um, I'm getting a little bit confused. Uh, We know that there is some sketchy lending going on out there, but everything looks okay just because they're keeping their balance sheet where it needs to be only because the Fed will take all of that risk, right? But what happens when the Fed can't or won't take that risk? Then you face the biggest banks in America going bankrupt. Exactly. I think they've had enough time too. Um, Maybe we can talk about this a little bit later in the show because what the top bankster, uh, Jamie Demon, I mean Diamond uh, of J.P. Morgan, he's talking about, um, I mean, likening what's on the horizon as, as an economic hurricane. And uh, that had a, a big effect on the markets. And of course, Bitcoin, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But you know, we're not the only people that are picking up on, again, we may not, we don't claim, Kenzie and I don't claim to know every intricate part of the market. Like we don't know everything about everything and, and no experts. And like when she's talking about the repo markets, I, mean, I know about that from my research going back to 2019 when um, I was, re- you know, again, it wasn't in the mainstream, but they were pumping in billions and billions and then trillions of dollars mm-hmm. uh, to the repo markets to keep the market afloat. And this is prior to January in, 2020. Like during that time, I didn't like it. But whenever it got, because I think I started really focusing on that probably around the same time that you did, because they're just throwing around these unheard of numbers, right? And during that time, okay, it made a little bit of sense because we just halted everything down. And if you don't want this force collapse, then you're going to try to keep it afloat. But to think that we haven't just continued, but we've kind of expanded this problem and we continue to expand this problem. um is very concerning because our markets would not be alive in the sense that they are. This is why we say zombie markets, guys, because without this, everything would have fallen apart. And at any time, they can pull the rug right out from under you. So this story jumped right out out at me this morning. (laughs) This is the first thing I see on my feed, Kenzie. I I know you sent me some great show notes, but I wanted to bring this up to you because I'm seeing the exact same thing in my own life uh, at the shop here. If you go to Zero Hedge, you'll find that, uh, I guess it's on the first page of this morning, but uh, this is from shiftgold.com. Demand for American gold eagles explodes. I want to read you some of the statistics behind this because, again, I don't like to sell my customers gold eagles unless they really want them because yeah. there's always a premium. There's some people that's all that they collect and that's that's fine if that's you that's fine. I'm, fine i'm i'm fine with it as long as you know going in that there's just more premium it costs me more mm-hmm. so it costs you more and all the rest but uh, i've been selling a lot of the gold britannias and i like of course just gold bars and krugerrands canadian maple leaves all have a lower premium but people like the american eagles or the gold buffaloes so uh, happy to to get those as well but check out some of these stats here the mint the U.S. Mint sold 147,000 ounces of American Gold Eagles in varying denominations, totaling 200,500 coins 
That was a 67% increase from March. So far this year, the U.S. Mint has sold 661,500 ounces of American Eagles for the first year. Gold bullion demand is up a staggering 617%. When you factor out COVID-19-related sales disruptions, bullion sales are up 400% over the five-year average between 2015 and 2019. A market strategist told Kitco News that the surge in demand for physical metals reflects growing investor anxiety bubbling under the surface. And that's what I was talking about. Because you may not understand all the technicals, but you know something's wrong, right? And then I think a lot of yes. people know fundamentally uh, something is is not right. Uh, bullion mm-hmm. sales, and this goes as the article, back to the article from Shift Gold. Bullion sales better reflect the anxiety of investors and what investors are feeling right now. When you hear economists talk about a recession, it starts to make sense why bullion sales are so strong. Gold will always be a long-term store of value. Well, I agree with that. And again, this is just the beginning. You know, we have lots of reports from, I mean, your research, my research going back into last year with central banks ordering gold. I want to say it was like the Czech Republic is going to go up like 10 times the amount of gold holdings. I, I'm, I may be wrong about that, but I know is many, many of the European banks are a lot of places. Work. And you have to wonder if. Typically, this is not what a central bank would get their hands on as far as these coins go. But when people hear that central banks are upping the ante on the gold holdings that they have and dropping dollars. I mean, that's another story. You had it you had it pulled up on Twitter of um, the dollar is not as strong as it once was as far as a reserve currency for around the world, guys. So we've seen that kind of taken down a peg okay and gold is what's replacing this because as of right now i can't find any currencies that are super jumping that just says that this is where people are rushing into and this is smart you know this is smart money being moved around the the money makers the manipulators out there they know what they're doing so you're gonna get into cold uh and stay in gold i would say until you kind of get a feeling of how the tides are changing um you know, you're not going to jump into somewhere when it's when it's unsafe at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of weird. That's why I sent you that thing about Africa. Um, it's and it's not just Africa, but I, I felt like that was a good one to point there's, at. Just because there's a lot of people are picking sides. Countries are picking sides. They're yeah. And Africa's right. Africa. They're so China as well. Don't yeah, they're they're close with China. Um, and Africa kind of needs to be careful because um, China could really hurt them. And in a lot of ways, China has hurt the people over there. But it's probably a country where they feel as though, you know, what option do we have? Um, and there there are there are options. Um, but when bigger players, you know, threaten violence, uh, I guess you just go with whatever keeps the peace. So we'll see what well, happens. Yeah, well, yeah, on that too. line of logic, you go back to the. Uh, IMF uh, in the, in the early seventies, you had Robert McNamara, who was a uh, former secretary of defense for Kennedy and then Johnson and was one of the architects of the failed <laughs> Vietnam policy. And, you know, his strategy as head of the IMF or um, part of it was to get these countries into debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Chinese are doing something a lot different. Like they're coming in and building things and, um, Oh, they're buying stuff from you outright. Um, yes. it's amazing how much they own here in the U S 
Uh, could you imagine if everything that they held in the U.S., they just decided to, let's say that they just sold 20% of their holdings here and diversified. It can be land, housing, stock, toll roads, whatever it is. They sell it off like we would be in such big trouble. The economic warfare is a real thing, guys. And and I feel as though you're starting, you're you're seeing the beginning of this now. Would you not think so? Oh, I think so. Uh, but, you know, their, their long-term strategies, <laughs> like in Africa with all the, you know, the richness and minerals and uh, natural resources, uh, they've been, they're playing the long game. You know, and that yes. has to do with the Belt and Road Initiative. But I, again, this is a big shift going on from internationally. You see the yes. windfall profits the Russians are are getting right now in, in crude oil because we just cut our own nose to spite our face. It was like, well, you're going to, we're going to get put sanctions on you and you can't accept the petrodollar anymore. And they said, fine, you know, and then we'll take gold for it. We'll give you a discount. And it drove the price of crude up. And that's their main export. <laughs> that's they're an energy. They're a giant gas station and they're making a windfall profit. But to kind of go back. And again, I think that's what people are picking sides. Countries are. And then on a, on a level, even the average investor, I think, is starting to go something. Something's not right here um, because you can't have I mean, looking at the the history of the stock market and the history of the central bank. I mean, we're going to go through some figures today about inflation that really just bring home the message. It's not going to get better and they can raise the rates 2% or whatever they're doing. It's not going to slow what they've done. It's only, again, there's no good choices here. And I want to read it's the exact logic here coming from Peter Schiff. Um, and it has to do with what people are looking at and what they're feeling was as far as buying gold in the same article. Um, says, I don't think it's going to be a mild recession. I think the recession is going to be worse than the Great Recession that started following the 2008 financial crisis. The mainstream doesn't seem to have picked up on this yet, but the demand for physical gold may indicate at least some people are beginning to worry. Mm -hmm. And this is something that, that Peter's talking about. Institutional investors focus more on the futures markets. As P Peter noted in a recent video on gold's recent performance, the mainstream still think that the Fed is going to successfully fight inflation by raising interest rates and believes the central bank has the tools to get inflation back to 2%. <laughs> but listen, rather than fearing inflation, they're fearing the fight against inflation because raising rates slows down the market. But if you don't slow down the market with the rate, so there's no good answers here. Mm -mm. And so just because how is the Fed going to fight inflation? It's going to jack up interest rates. It's going to have to tighten monetary policy. In fact, it's going to start shrinking the balance sheet. It's going to start taking money out of circulation, quantitative tightening. It's going to reverse all of that inflation. It's going to suck up all the liquidity. And that is what is scaring investors out of buying gold and silver. So they still have confidence in the Federal Reserve. Again, that's the institutional investors. That's the the main line. And I think they have massive normalcy bias. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit later. There's an article from Michael Snyder up, one of my favorite pessimists. Um, I don't know if you ever read the Economic Collapse blog, but he's got another article up today on one of his different blogs about the dissatisfaction with inflation. I actually wanted in real time while we're recording this, I wanted you to look at it. I'll show you there's a figure in there. I want you to tell me if I'm reading it right, because I couldn't believe it when I read it. So we'll get to that in a second. It has to do with um, a Gallup poll on um, dissatisfaction with the economy or, or <laughs> uh, I, again, it was dissatisfaction and or um, uh, outlook like 
um, future futures outlook. Anyway, but what do you again? What are your thoughts on? I think this is just the beginning on gold demand, and that actually scares me, Kenzie, because you and I have been talking about this for a while. And you're looking at silver and gold. I'm the supply chain. She ain't what it used to be. It's not. And that's what makes me wonder if this huge increase, I mean, 67%, that's what it said, right? For March, an increase and just a huge increase for the last, I think it said five years. You have to wonder if possibly, I mean, typically hedge funds, banks, whoever out there might be buying some gold. It, it is typically paper gold and whatnot, but because of Basel three and and everything else going on, you know, maybe people are feeling safer. I'm talking about the the big folks with the big money here, feeling safer with physical gold. It kind of makes me wonder, um, even though they would typically buy bars, if the bars aren't there to be had, you're going to buy whatever's available. And now I'm a little bit more concerned because this is a lot of money moving around in a short amount of time. And it it really makes me wonder, you know, what what is actually available out there? And people are just getting whatever they can get their hands on. I'm going to assume my most comfortable role, and that is of the uh, conspiracy analyst. So I will just ask the listener to make their own decision. But if um, all things being equal, all right, and I don't believe in organic markets because that's not how history works. And that's not how that's not any of this works. There, nothing is truly organic. There's something there's an agenda. So let me ask you a question, audience. When they keep these prices low and they deplete the supply chains, right? And I'm talking about countries, governments, central banks, like big power stuff. They have a vested interest in gold not being at three and four and five thousand and ten thousand dollars an ounce. They need it low, right? You need to see those that that red line when you turn on, you know, the goldprice.org. You need to see that it dipped again. And again, I think that's that's what we're looking at. I think the, the the race to buy up gold and buy up metals and get your stake in that is on. I think there's a gold rush on, but it's not advertised. It's like yeah. a stock. It's like an insider deal with stock. And again, I'm not telling you to go buy gold. This is not an investment. I'm not telling you going to, again, it's, I get this ad nauseum because I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying is ask yourself, what would the, be the conditions for a gold rush for the elites? Mm -hmm. This is it. Where it's almost like you see inflation in real time. People have been asking me for a while, why isn't the price of gold going up when inflation's at these record highs? And I said, that's a great question. It doesn't make any sense. Some I have other customers will say, well, the, the stock market went down. Why is gold down? And I'm like, that's a great question, right? <clears throat> These are a all great questions. Question. <laughs> These are all, and I'm just asking the audience, like, do your own math with this. Well, did anybody just watch the, um, Tony, I know you don't watch Netflix, but the the latest season of of Stranger Things just came out. And just just remember every day that you wake up, we're somewhere in the upside down. It doesn't make sense. This is a dark place. There's lots of scary creatures crawling around and, and just know Right now, we're stuck in the upside down, but at some point, we're going to break through the veil, okay? I, I, there's something, again, there's a, there's a shift in reality, and uh, the economic order, is, people are, are picking sides, battle lines are being drawn, all the rest. It's not, these aren't happy um, times. It's not, it's not sunshine and rainbows right now, uh, for sure, in the global markets. There's a lot of, a lot of fear. 
lot of FUD, a little fear, uncertainty, and doubt out there, Kenzie. I'm sure you can agree with me. I'll do one more of my stories, and I want to get into your research. And this is what I was talking about, the uh, the most important news.com. It's Michael Snyder's blog. He also writes the Economic Collapse blog. And uh, just I'll read a few excerpts out of here. It says, all of a sudden, just about everyone is upset about inflation. It would have been nice if everyone would have been this upset back when our leaders were making this exceedingly foolish decision that resulted in this crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been nice, right? But people really, again, that's, that's, I'm not reading the article, but people really don't react until there's pain, you know, until there's, it's hitting them on a personal level. It says in May of uh, 2012, the federal government was $15 trillion in debt. Now we are $30 trillion in debt. See, isn't that interesting? It's every 10 years our debt doubles. And that started in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Wow. And if you don't double it, the whole thing falls apart. Anytime that we stop the the printing or the creating of debt, the dollars that you have are a creation of debts, right? They're debts to be owed and paid. Um, anytime that we don't create more, you're going to have a recessionary period, a little bit of a downfall, a little bit of a hiccup in the broader economy. And now we're at this point where we have done so much, like, there's no reversing that, but how the hell do you go forward with that? We are in such a weird spot right now. It's not good. It's not good either way, guys. And so there's $30 trillion in debt, and I agree with you, by the way. But it's a, and this is back to the articles. But our politicians continue to spend money as if tomorrow will never come. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve has pumped trillions of dollars that they have created out of thin air into the financial system in recent years for a very long time. I passionately denounced what our leaders were doing because I knew that would happen and what would happen. Now a day of reckoning has arrived and millions upon millions of Americans are absolutely desperate for things to return to normal. Unfortunately, that simply is not going to happen. In May of 2020, the average price of gasoline in the United States was less than $2. Today, the average price of gasoline in the United States reached a brand new record high of 4.62 Four dollars and sixty-two cents, and we are being warned that it could soon go to five dollars a gallon or more. Well, remember that uh, Jen Psaki and Joe Biden said that was their, that's our values to pay more. Uh, the national average because we have to we have to get Putin's price hike. He's making a windfall profit over there in Russia. Uh, the national average for unleaded gas hit another new high. A 462 per gallon on Tuesday, according to the AAA data, prices are up more than five percent compared with last year. Analysts say oh, gasoline. Price, what's that? Uh, oh, you, five, five, yeah. Sorry, you accidentally <laughs> said five. It's fifty. <laughs> I know. And look, this is again even my even my brain has normalcy bias. I'm like, it can't be fifty. That's that's you know I exactly. To, I I've caught myself. You. I've caught myself doing the same thing. I'll be reading something and I have to read it three times because I'm like, excuse me. (laughs) I'm glad you caught me. But no, listen to this. This is what I want. This is what I wanted to bring up to you. And this is just, again, I'm going to highlight this. I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, I can see it. Because I can make it. Gallup's economic confidence index measured negative 45 in May. Whoa. Down. From negative 30, that's how I knew they were. this was a negative, because it's down from 39. 
So Gallup's Economics Confidence Index measured negative 45 in May down from negative 39 in each of the previous two months. It's the lowest reading in Gallup's trend during the coronavirus pandemic and likely the lowest confidence um, that has been seen since the uh, end of the Great Recession in early 2009. Am I reading that right? Is that a negative? That's a negative 45? Yeah, this sounds really bad. <laughs> so, that's Again, the whole article is just about how people are starting to go, I'm angry with this. Yeah. Well, because we're, we're actually to the point now, Tony, where even if you had a really good paying job, even if you were being responsible, more responsible than most people, I would say, this is putting a crunch in things. You know, I, I did not put this article up, um, but I saw yesterday an article where people that are making, I think it's over $200,000 a year. There is such, I don't remember what the percentage was, but I, my jaw dropped, so I'm not going to say a percentage. But there was such a huge chunk of people making over $200,000 a year that are living paycheck to paycheck right now. And it yeah. doesn't help to say this now, but but this is something to think about in case we do get into good times or in case anybody out there, you know, starts making more money than you ever had. Um, always, always, always live below your means. Always. We don't yeah. need to keep up with the Joneses. Melissa the Joneses Red are about to lose all. Oh, you might. I'm back. Okay. Well, I was going to say, um, Melissa read me that article yesterday. And she said, oh, yeah? wait a minute, um, the 200, it, it was like a reg, a third of Americans making over 250,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. And I said, that is because the model for our consumer economy is every time you get a bump in income, you upgrade your debt and your overhead, you get a new, yeah. bigger thing, bigger house, bigger car. It's enticing because you have a credit score over 680 and then you can just pretty much get, you know, new automobiles and all this stuff. And so. It just, again, and you have a, any sort of disruption in that paradigm. And mm -hmm. I saw this back in 08 and it was people were over leveraged a bit, a bit. People were over leveraged in their personal lives with credit cards. Uh, they were over leveraged with the houses and then they had the, the arm loans, you know, the adjustable rate mortgages, mm -hmm. subprime stuff. But when it reached a red hot peak when the, the energy prices are what collapsed things. So yeah. people couldn't afford those prices at the pump. They couldn't afford the energy in their home. They had to make a choice and they chose to, again, fill their cars and, and heat their home or cool their home. And that's what did it. And that's what brought down the, the house of cards because it was over leveraged. And I think that's what we're about to see here. Another mm -hmm. aspect, and I wish I'd have brought it up earlier, maybe next show we'll cover a little bit. And I, you've sent me this stuff before, but the the collapse in the lumber markets. Yeah. Right along with the collapse of the home prices mm -hmm. or the, the home sales anyway, not the prices yet. Well, I mean, we're starting to see price cuts. It's uh, We'll see how dramatic it gets in certain areas. Um, and hey, other areas might start performing better, but... It's a little rocky road over there right now. It's not looking so hot. Agreed. It's uh, again. I read that story what uh, uh, two weeks ago on all over the country. The first time home sales, the the builders and the the agents out there were talking about how they're just 
massively underselling um, their their goals. Uh, let's go to jump into uh, Kenzie's research, some of the links you sent me, and this is from Coindesk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solano halted by bug linked to certain cold storage transactions. Always uh, good to get some of your crypto research thrown in here. I had, yeah, I've, so- I've had three or four calls this week of people asking me about what coins I buy, and I'm like, you should probably... Uh, Tune into the show and talk to Kenzie because I, I buy well, again. I'm, I'm Kenzie makes fun of the coins that I buy. That's not true. We hold a lot of the same stuff. I'm just not very comfortable on a on a podcast telling people what to. I know, I'm kidding. You know, go and buy. Um, if you guys want to go and buy crypto, there's um, you know, a, a lot of it is doing a whole lot of your own research because you're not going to get mad at me if something fails or you know what's great is if I like told you something and it went up. 3000 X nobody cares. You'll never hear a thing. But if I told you to pick something and it, it pulls a Luna on somebody, then you would just want to kill me. So I, I don't talk about coins. Um, like what I hold now, Solana. Oh, this is interesting. A lot of people call it the Ethereum killer and it totally has some potential, but the downfall here is how many times that the network just goes dark and it is because of updates and things that they're working on, Tony. So it's not necessarily like a huge issue. I think that they're not a hundred percent positive. I think that a hack that they have had was stuff and not necessarily uh, directly to their blockchain, but there was some weird NFT stuff, and that might have just been a loophole that people found on on the platforms for buying it more than Solana. But the downtime is terrible because anytime there's downtime, you can't get in and out. And you know what, Tony? Past couple months or so, I I I might become a Bitcoin maxi. I don't know with all of the stuff going on with the Fed and the SEC and. This kind of stuff here, seeing what happened with Luna and everything else, I don't know. It maybe Bitcoin is the only safe thing. I'm I'm not going to go full blown Michael Saylor on you. Earlier he tweeted today that there are a million ways to invest your money, but just one way to save your money. Hashtag Bitcoin. And is that not? That's a pile of crap. I saw Um, your emoji. Was that was that apropos? Uh, you put on. You go check out her emoji of choice there on at Wise Wolf Gold. It was. Um, now I'm with you on that. I, I lately have been looking at the altcoins and some of the other. And I just, I mean, I, I do. Again, we we believe in crypto on, on this show. This is a show about the future of of money and the future of currencies. And crypto is way up there. We love it. The possibilities. Um, but we're also rational thinkers. And yeah, what really wrong. made me want to bring this up, network issues, if that happens, I think that that's great. But at the same time, the fact that someone out there has the ability to pause that blockchain or turn it off for a couple of hours is concerning. That means, guys, in my head, this means that if someone wanted to go completely rogue, they could shut down Solana forever. Who says that they have to turn it back on? And with the way that things are going, you know, today and kind of my conspiracy mind, um, there's a chance that they pick and choose, you know, who's allowed to use this blockchain even. So I that's just something I want people to be aware of. I um I don't think I might hold a little bit of soul. I'm not positive. Um I'll I'll check into that. Um I know that this household holds some. So 
I do. I, I like it. I think that it's an okay thing. Do I think it's an Ethereum killer? It's not the one. It's got a ways to go before we get there. But we always need to be careful as far as who controls that. And that's why people go back to Bitcoin. I understand the Bitcoin maxis because no one controls that blockchain. Or if it is the CIA or NSA, I mean, we don't know. And they'll <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future. But as of right now, no one can just turn that off. It'd be the only time I ever profited off of any of those agencies. They, yeah. Again, they, they've cost Americans, you know, that's the, they've cost us our fortune and our safety, those agencies. But uh, if they are behind, which I don't think that they are, but I could be wrong because we don't know. I The reason I like Bitcoin and I, as far as the origin story is the mystery itself. It's interesting. Satoshi Nakamoto, who is it? Who was it? Uh, is it a group of people? Is it even... Is it somebody that even has the last name Nakamoto? Who knows, right? We don't know. Um, a lot of speculation there, but I love Bitcoin. Um, I, I do have some optimism for its future. You sent me this next article uh, from Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, oil companies in the Middle East to use excess gas for Bitcoin mining. Mm -hmm. uh, Crusoe, a Denver-based Bitcoin mining company, is developing equipment to capture flared gases in Muscat, Oman. Yeah, so this was just a really interesting read. Now, some people are going to go, what the heck are they using gas for if I can't even get it in my truck? Okay, calm down, because I totally thought the same thing until I read this article. And Tony probably could explain this better than I could. I know that I've seen it before whenever I drive past an oil field. But you always see those like big pipes that have the the fire just blowing out of them, right? Tony, I am assuming here that that's what they're talking about. They're going to go and use that sort of natural gas or whatever's coming out of these pipes and maybe use that to mine the Bitcoin because in a way, it's kind of like this excess. It's not a waste. I don't want to call it a waste. It's a form of energy that we haven't quite figured out how to use maybe in the best ways possible so this is just kind of cool because if you're going to be using or trying to gather energy um, it's the same thing as you know cutting up a chicken to eat are you going to try to use the whole thing or are you only taking the wings oh this is the way they're maximizing what they call the captured uh, flared gas yeah that's kind of cool i mean that's a good idea like yeah, anything, I thought so. if you can, if you have excess from the refining process or the mining process, uh, which is a, I'm, I'm guessing that's what this is. Um, uh -huh. they're using it for, for Bitcoin mining. That's, that's great. Um, and I saw that even the city of Fort Worth was getting into mining Bitcoin a couple of months ago. I don't know if you saw that article, the city of Fort Worth, Texas. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've seen, um, people repurposing, um, old dams. Like, yeah, you've seen that. it's amazing. Um, so no, I, I think this is, this is cool. Uh, again, keeping the network strong, uh, having incentives for people to go and do ventures like this. But yeah, I think that this is also a way to kind of be like, you know, there's this argument right now that Bitcoin is too dirty and all of this, but like, if you're finding a way with the technologies that we have today, if you're to take that what you think or believe for some reason is some kind of dirty, terrible form of energy um, to get it to go as far as possible and use as much of it as possible, I think is a good thing. You know, we're not we're not letting any of those resources go to waste. Absolutely. 
no no waste when it comes to um, mining or development. Again, you can put it towards something. You put it towards the Bitcoin network. All for that. That's good. Cool story. Yeah, uh, a little little bright, bright spot. You know, Russia. Um, you know, when Bitcoin back in 2017 spiked to twenty thousand, and tw- I think almost close to twenty five. Um, when it was spiking back then, and you saw these. Siberian, um, I don't even remember this, but they were uh, running because everything you run when you run uh, Bitcoin mining is hot. I mean, all those the servers, yeah, really all this heat. And they had these guys in the uh, in the Siberian wasteland with with uh, Bitcoin mining and just having them, you know, basically in rooms, and the the mining would heat the rooms. You know, had these giant warehouse stores and stuff. And a lot of again, these these uh, countries with excess. Um, energy that have a again like the Middle East and um, I think Middle East is about twenty six percent of the world's output for crude, and then you go into places like Venezuela, uh, Russia, even the, in the United States, Texas. There's going to be uh, I don't know if they're doing this exact same model in Texas, but it, I wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty uh, cool though. Pretty cool. I'm I'm. Going through Kenzie's headlines here, she always brings up some great stories. Uh, this is Bloomberg.com. And, of course, we kind of talked a little bit about this. but Yeah, the, we did. Uh, Fed facility tops $2 trillion as investors scrambled to park cash. Uh, the amount of money parked at major Federal Reserve facility climbed to yet another all-time high, surpassing the $2 trillion milestone for the first time as investors struggled to find places to invest their cash in the short term. I don't even know if we could necessarily call it investing, right? It's kind of like just here throwing all of the risk at the Fed. <laughs> just let them hold all of the risk and um, we'll be fine until it's not. You know, like I like I said, when the banks go bankrupt, we've got a really big problem. And everyone was furious last time because all these bailouts happened, right, Tony? I think that the bigger concern this time around, because we've already been through this before. I'll be really concerned when they're doing bail-ins. Bail-in means everything that you have in that bank, y'all know you don't you don't actually own it, right? You're letting them use that um, to do the sketchy things that they do now. Even your safety deposit boxes are not safe. So just really think about this as things get worse and how you guys want to handle that. Because... It's again, uh, nothing is is safe in in the bail in era, and you can that's doesn't. Um, again, that's that's something that a lot of people think isn't on the horizon, but I'm not sure at all. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I just know it's a possibility. I know that they have written into the books that it is legally allowed to happen. The terms and conditions that you sign whenever you sign up anywhere today that no one reads because it's 600 pages long. We're signing away all kinds of things that we shouldn't necessarily be doing, but you're you're signing it all over. Yeah. And then you got Jamie Dimon saying in this article that there's too much liquidity out there. Uh, <laughs> sort of, right? I mean, <laughs> in your hands, right? And in, in the, yeah. the, there's liquidity in these giant behemoths. And, and even Dimon was saying how they're going to be uh, more conservative and uh, really look at their balance sheet and uh, because they're looking at it and I'm going to go to this article here in a minute, but there's, uh, and this is coming from Jamie Dimon that uh, there's going to be an economic hurricane mm-hmm. and you should listen when these, when they, 
when they tell you that there's going to be pain on the horizon, because most of the time they tell you everything's sunshine and rainbows until it's too late. And then they say, oh, well, no one saw it coming. You know, it's usually their their go-to excuse. We really couldn't have possibly ever seen this was going to be on the horizon. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that kind of goes back to when you're talking about reverse repo. Yeah. And I believe that has to do with the quantitative tightening. Yes. Where it's like repo bailouts and then repo bail-ins. Like it's a reverse. So that's what I believe. Um, and who knows? This is all I heard on a podcast the other day that we were talking about um, Babylonian money magic. Going back to like the the empire of Nimrod. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. That's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah, this is, and again, that's what the modern banking houses like the Rothschilds and others have been They've been associated themselves with like these Babylonian types, and you know, you you really have to 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 look on at at the modern monetary theory and fiat currency and how they've been able to structure this and just be impressed. I mean, mm-hmm. the evil genius behind it and what it's what it's caused and like the the economic reality that's on the horizon, like the the failure of this. And again, who will will people call this out uh, at the end of the the road for fiat currency, or will they just say, "Well, we're fine. Just can we need to replace it with another one?" I mean, it's. I mean, people are making bets right now on the dollar, right? And people are making bets on everything. But I mean, these countries are saying, "Well, some are getting out. You know, yeah. you look at the, some are, are are depleting a lot of their holdings, right? We've seen that." And uh, that's a shake up there, but I think ultimately kind of leads to a to one currency, and it's mm-hmm. like they're going to play the game and they run out of areas and they go to another. But anyway, that's this is just me getting philosophical about the everything behind fiat currency because you can kind of talk about you can talk about the end results and some of the market conditions, but really this is just fascinating that they made something out of nothing, and um, that's what the podcast was about. They're talking about the Babylonian money magic. Um, this is it. Something you sent me from Kitco emerging market. Central banks represent new demand for gold as they de-dollarize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this is something we've been covering. Um, uh, this it's is picking from, up at a faster pace now, I'd say. Very much so. And we talked about this in 2021, but this is what I'm saying. When people are making bets, you know, like the countries, the central banks are, looking to see who's going to be the emerging emerging player to, to work with. And then again, I'm sorry, it's not going to be the U S not for much longer. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see, cause I'd never looked into this. What really stood out to me, um, this right here, the analyst said that central banks and developed Western nations already have substantial gold reserves. Hopefully that's true. I don't really believe the audits that we've had for our country, but I'll move on from there. For example, they noted that, Banso de Portugal's gold holdings represented more than 72% of its foreign reserves. 70 more than 72%. Wow. That's cr- that's crazy because you know a lot of us here in the US, I typically don't think as of Portugal as being like one of the poorest countries or anything like that, but there's certainly not areas of it are very western, but there's a lot of Areas that aren't so much. And a lot of times for some reason, I think it's because we're purposefully dumbed down here, just been told to stay here, not travel and explore things. Um, 
if you talked about Portugal, people would go, oh, poor little country, right? But this is making me think so much differently, even with what I know about Portugal. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty incredible because to think that some of these smaller countries that you really wouldn't think have a lot of power, depending on what their gold reserves look like, you know, to their nation, I'm not saying it has to be more than what we have, but to the amount of people that they have, um, that's really cool. I mean, if we had a real global collapse, which I do think is coming, some of these other areas that have been more focused on, you know, the minerals that they can pull out of the ground, energies and gold, silver, you know, any kind of metal, really having these things in reserve are, are really going to benefit them. And here in the U (laughs) S we haven't done anything real for ourselves in a long time. We just buy, we just import like that's it. Well, remember the golden rule, right? He who has the gold makes the rule. That's the golden rule, folks. Well, yeah, good good story on that. I know you had one I pulled up, too, from kind of in the same vein, uh, which was uh, the African nations. Yeah, I'd make sure we don't click anything on this website just because you can tell <laughs> it's like straight out of Africa. <laughs> and I'm sure it's fine. It is. It yeah. is secured, guys, but um, it is it is looks straight from Africa. It's it's not like the normal websites that we would pull up here. Um, but really interesting because this is either their president or their vice president um, is saying build up your gold reserve. Like he is telling their central banks you have to. Um, African central banks have been urged to partner with the mining sector and build up their gold reserves in order to withstand the headwinds buffeting. Thought that was kind of interesting. Their economies in the wake of COVID-19 pandemic and the Russia-Ukraine conflict. So they're talking about, hey, these shortages are going to keep happening. They're feeling inflation. They want to make sure that they keep their currency as stable as possible. And if it's not already, it sounds like in the future they might actually link their currency to precious metals. Or at least, if they're not doing that, Tony, it sounds like they want to make sure that their country is stable enough to handle a global recession or depression. So I found this to be really interesting. And the fact that they're doing this in so close to China, I wanted to bring this up because this is less gold that gets on the markets to us. That's another huge chunk of gold that you're never going to have the opportunity to have. Because if people don't realize where all we have to pull this out of the ground from and who pulls up the most, well, it's a pretty big deal. So... Yeah, expect the premiums on your eagles and stuff to just keep going up or your Absolutely. whatever you're into. Um, just uh, from start to finish on this show, uh, the underlying message is uh, the powers that be and a lot of people that are worried are buying gold. <laughs> and it, yes. And it's not even it hasn't even tipped into the mainstream yet. But the indicators are there and we're way, way up. Uh, and it won't. It won't until it's too late. That's like my the, Yeah. The, the MSM, yeah, they'll be late. They're always late. Well, you still got Jim Cramer telling you that that we're we're just we just came out of a bear market. Did you know that, Kenzie? You came out of a bear market, and uh, that the economy is a juggernaut. Did you know that it can't be stopped? I think a lot of people are about to be fooled because this is this is just another bull trap. So have fun. I have think fun. It's, it's mad like a Mad Hatter money. That's for Jim Cramer. I always got to bring Jim Cramer up because he told mm-hmm. he was the guy that said you shouldn't be able to be legally unvaccinated. 
Just want just want to be clear on that. Um, okay, let's let's jump over to. Uh, I, I brought up a tweet, and I wanted to make sure. I, Gold Telegraph is a great um, handle on Twitter. Uh, I, don't, I have no affiliation, but I follow them. Uh, fun account, and uh, Kenzie's right up there. If you can follow at Wise Wolf Gold, uh, she's putting out some great stuff lately. Um, but Gold Telegraph put this tweet out. Thought it was relevant, again, kind of in the same line of logic, everything that was covered today. But according to the IMF, the percentage of international currency reserves denominated in dollars has fallen below 59% to a new low. He's put this in caps, new low of 58.81. And I think this is, again, this is a trend. This is what you want to pay attention to because it's going to be more of it in the future. They're going to continue to... um get out of the dollar. I mean, that's to put it simply. I mean, there's going to be there, the bets are being made and there people are in other countries and central banks are either just going into gold or looking at the, the Chinese and looking at the ruble and looking at, mm-hmm. I mean, again, there's people are, they're making bets. Uh, Brazil recently um, dumped the dollar, a big chunk, chunk of their dollar holdings for the Chinese yuan, the Israelis, uh, did the same thing. Uh, this is these trends are oh, there. Oh God! Um, <laughs> I didn't know about the Israel thing. If they're dumping dollars, we need to figure out what boat we're supposed to get onto. This is bad. I'll pull that article up for you. I'm, if I can find that, folks, I'll put it in the show notes. I read that like four weeks ago. I don't know if we talked about it or not, but it was one of the along with uh, the BRICS nations. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was it was doing that. It was it was uh, dumping some of their dollar holdings for I believe the Chinese yuan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The tides are changing. So, um, yeah. These are the trends, folks. These are the trends. These are the trends. Uh, these are the trends. Okay. So let's jump you in. Know, I get so nervous. I'll just say this really quickly. I get so nervous, guys, because we have been such a spoiled country for so long. And yes, some areas of this nation are already looking third world, but just imagine third world over the entire nation. That you'll own nothing and you'll be happy is some real stuff. And it's not because they're not a- allowing you to get it. You just won't be able to afford whatever it might be. Um, and that's concerning. Security becomes an issue there. Um, you can invest in guns, too. So, Very true. Uh, and storable food and your own homestead as well. It'll be a lot more valuable than just about anything uh, in in the next level. Um, Kitco, another story from Kitco, but they had some good ones today. Uh, despite volatility continuing to rock the crypto market, Bitcoin has carved out a range between 28,000 and 32,000 during the past week. But the latest economic warning from JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon is adding to the risk off sentiment. Mm. After attempting to breach the $32,000 level in the last 24 hours, Bitcoin is down 7% on the day and trading below its key psychological threshold of 30,000. Remember, I was talking about Jamie Dimon. You know, he his exact uh, statement was about being in a, a going into an economic hurricane. It says, even though the economic situation seems fine right now, it is unclear clear whether it will be minor a minor hurricane or a super storm Sandy. This is coming from Jamie diamond. And right now it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. Everyone thinks the fed can handle this. Diamond said the, that hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. 
So this is why I brought this up because, uh, and this is kind of built into this article from the news on Bitcoin and it's Bitcoin price falls back below 30,000 after diamonds economic hurricane warning. The most significant thing is not necessarily about Bitcoin's price falling back, but the fact that you have the head of the biggest bank in America, mm-hmm. not telling it, you. To and the same stock. guy that said that they never wanted to touch Bitcoin bought Bitcoin and now I'm hearing rumors. I've not checked into this myself, but I am hearing rumor, rumors that they are buying Bitcoin around this price range, Tony. Just rumors. Would Hadn't researched it myself. Would not surprise And you go back to um, somebody like a Charlie Munger, you know, and, and uh, Warren Buffett, like the two, the two Muppet, the old Muppets and the. They are Muppets. Muppets. Like, oh, 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 look at those guys. Uh, they're always laughing and Bitcoin's rat poison and gold and silver. You can't do anything with it. It just sits there. That's Buffett, you know, it just sits there. And then, you know, he's not about gold was well, about silver in the nineties, by the way, he kind of in, in a same kind of hunt family way, tried to, tr- you know, corner the silver market in the nineties. And I guess kind of gave up. I think he still holds a bunch, but, but JP Morgan, on the other hand, uh, I think don't, aren't they like the largest private, silver holder in the, in the world they've been doing this for a long time if i'm not mistaken it's jp Morgan. i think that that's a really good question i don't again i said earlier i don't know if i trust all the audits for everything i don't know how much is physical oh, i, I don't knows, know how right? much is paper but yes if Lots anybody is paper. going to manipulate that market it is them they've gotten in trouble for it over three times and every time it's just a fine they get a fine oh look they manipulated the markets again like <laughs> y'all stop doing that now. That's Shocker. It comes down to. <laughs> no, that's what I guess what I'm reading through all of this. And again, just an opinion. Uh, this is just the wise wolf golden crypto show with Tony and Kenzie talking, but um, the conditions are being set right now to, if you had the big capital to get into metals or get into even Bitcoin um, to keep the volatility up, the prices are high. People are dumping, you know, their holdings to try to pay for things. And you see these uh, record lows, not well, not record lows, but if, if you if you contrast the dollar to metals right now, and we understand mm-hmm. how much just insane printing has gone on and the devaluation and inflation. I mean, people weren't really talking about inflation in 2019, Kenzie. I mean, there was some like you could just you could tell that your dollar didn't go as far as it did. We were we were the crazy or, people that were like talking about it before it was cool to talk about it. I know. I was thinking about like this wild ride that I've been on. It's like I, I was talking about this in 2019, 2018, going, "Hey, look, you know, there's a great reset." I don't know if you guys know about this. <laughs> like I was talking about this before, uh, before COVID nineteen eighty four, before all this stuff, and I was saying, "Well, look at the the devaluation of the dollar. You think it's going to get better? You know, they keep printing all this. The the Federal Reserve's putting in six trillion dollars in the repo markets, and, and they're like, here, yeah, you're a crazy person. You're a crazy person.'" Well, now you're going to pay $7 a gallon gasoline for your values. <laughs> so I don't know who's crazy now, but that's what, uh, you know, that's what our government's telling you about uh, Putin's price hike and the fact that supply chains are, are messed up. And I mean, messed up. They're, they're foobar. And uh, again, there's no end in sight because they're not releasing, they're not doing what they to get the economic engine back going in here in the United States they'd have to get uh, America moving again and that's just where's the where's the fun in that you know for the elites um yeah 
they don't like us moving again, but all right. Well, uh, I'll do some spot prices. And of course um, I looked just between me, you and everybody who downloads the podcast. And by the way, thank you very much for doing that. I, I looked for stories on silver this week and there was just no good ones. There was nothing to tell me that something I didn't already know. And, uh, I just, it's so bizarre that we have so little, um, news out there in the realm of, of silver and the markets. We know the demand is up. We know that for the the green new deals and all these initiatives that silver is going to be needed. And that's kind of a, I've been saying this stuff for years. Uh, if I find something to say on the podcast that I haven't already said before, I'll, I'll definitely do it. I think silver is undervalued. I think that, uh, there's not enough mining going on. I think demand's going to continue to increase, but the manipulation is so strong with these damn paper markets. I, I really don't know what to what to tell people except that when you're buying now, I think you're getting a, a good deal. Um, I'm yeah. not telling you it's a great investment because I don't do that, but uh, gold and silver are money. So um, and silver certainly is uh, really poised to do some some big things. And uh, I'll let you have the final thought before I, I get to spot prices. I mean, yeah, it's just a, um, I always compare it to this rubber band. It can only pull back so far before it has to get back to, you know, its original form or, or launch off. And that's just kind of where we are. I mean, you've seen every other metal that is, is typically used with silver for this whole green new deal, green world, one world order, whatever you want to call it. That's coming. Um, every other metal, Tony has popped off astronomically and silver just stayed stagnant. It got left behind, but it's so weird to think about because with all of these other metals that are moving, typically silver is, is used with them. Um, so just it's, it's very weird. It's, it's hard to, it's hard really to gauge what the, <laughs> what tomorrow will bring. But um, <laughs> I try to, I try not to go full Michael Snyder or anything on the economic collapse blog or anything, but I do think that there are just more challenges ahead. It'll get worse before it gets better. And uh, you mm-hmm. can make some good decisions now by really by, by learning the trends, by looking at what I, I hope that we bring good information to people as we certainly work hard at it. So um, let's jump to spot prices, at least for the major metals. Uh, I sold, I think I've sold more platinum this week than I've ever sold at Wise Wolf. Oh, that's weird. It was kind of a a fluke, uh, but I sold a lot of platinum this week at a good price. Um, got some, I won't say how much, but I moved uh, some Canadian maple leaf platinum rounds out. And I was like, I didn't even know they made them from the Canadian maple leaves. I thought they were, kind of American Eagles that get made in platinum. Uh, but mm-hmm. I never I never actually held a a Canadian one before. Uh, gold today, this is goldprice.org, and this, of course, is the 2nd of June, 2022. We're recording this about 5.44 p.m. on the Central Time. 1,869 Luciferian Bankster notes for a troy ounce of the yellow metal, 1,869 federal fiat dollars per troy ounce. And silver's up 53 cents today. You may want to call your CPA, uh, to see how you're going to take this windfall uh, windfall profit. I mean, you may have to get into a different tax bracket. Ask them about a 1031 exchange, and hopefully your 401k is maxed out. But $22.32 uh, for the white metal, uh, $22.32 uh, for silver today, and um, that's 2.49% uh, up since opening. So, uh, you know, uh, I can't believe it's that low. 
but it is. And uh, when it dropped below $22 this week, I go, my goodness. I had, I was selling, I was told people like, don't buy the, especially the, some of the s- people that have bought silver um, rounds from me. I'm like, I know how much you own. So just now stack it. So let's get hundred ounce bars. And I was like, just get it. Like we were getting it um, for like two bucks over spot, which is really good. You know, it's still, I mean, like actually it's like a buck 75 over spot. So it was, uh, cause we were just buying at 500 ounces at a time. And, um, I was telling people that's you're going to, if you've got your, your spendable tradable silver at some point, you should consider, uh, just stacking those bars. And, um, I wish I could, I wish I, <laughs> all my, all, everything I make goes back into the, to the shop Kenzie or to the show, mm-hmm. uh, I want to get to the point where I'm stacking those big things of silver one of these days. Um, that looks appealing, but I'm always happy to put my customers in it. And I've had a lot of people. I thought about writing an article on this, but um, I back in 2019, I set up Wise Wolf to be able to do IRA rollovers, mm-hmm. and I, I'm the only little shop that I know of. I mean, we're not a big shop. We're we're just kind of lean and mean, and. I did this for a long time ago thinking, well, I'll just being in media, I'll do more deals. And I have over the years, I've done a pretty good amount, but nothing like the last 90 days. I mean, just people calling, you know, I want to roll over my 401k. I've got an existing IRA. I I just want to get out of the market. So I want to put it in something physical. I'm like, that's what you do with a gold and silver IRA. You take something that you have an existing product and then not having to pay the taxes and anything because you're gonna you're not you're not cashing out of your existing products. You're gonna open up an actual IRA through uh through me. And uh I did my it's been it's been a ride and I've uh I've done a lot of again that's that some of that platinum that was done was uh a big bulk of that was through the IRA. So just adding to how we started off the show, that's been a big trend. And interesting I wanted the audience to know that it's something that you talk about up over 400%. Um, I'm probably up over 3000% when it comes to how many IRAs you've done. And like, if you put it in a, a, a quarterly like number, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but I'm more than I've ever done. Like if you added up 2019, 2020s and 2021s in the first two quarters, right. Going into 2022 i've blown those numbers away that's crazy so that's there's a trend there folks i'll let you close and uh and then we'll we'll get you out of here all righty well on twitter i'm sorry i haven't been as active on the twitter but at wise wolf gold on twitter um i'll try to be more active this week i've just been very busy myself i'm sure everybody is we're all having to to put in a little bit more like i'm not even buying bacon anymore okay it's, it's not because i can't buy bacon i just feel like eight dollars for bacon is a little bit too much so I'm, I'm trying to put in that extra work you know so i can enjoy the little things that that are normal for me and um yeah that's that's where we're at <laughs> well i appreciate everybody who who finds the show and shares the show and downloads it um Kenzie and I are working on a lot of great projects. I, I have a, a show I may just come in and do here in the next couple of days that I've been thinking about, just kind of a little 30, 45 minute solo deal on an article that I found last week uh, that I haven't talked about yet. Just I thought we'd go over together. 
And of course, we're working on getting the website, uh, goldencrypto.news. That'll take you directly to like all the feeds right now, but we've got a, a special website that I'm going to do to let you interact and send us messages and uh, voicemails and all kinds of cool stuff. So we got that um, going up soon. That's golden, uh, goldencrypto.news. And then um, uh, personal stuff, arterburn.news. I'm working on that. I've got a new Substack blog that is uh, parapolitics and precious metals up on Substack. You can subscribe. It's free. Uh, hopefully, and putting out an article here in the next week or two. Um, and that'll go up on arterburn.news as well. Uh, wisewolf.gold is our main sponsor and uh, we do ship nationwide and uh, buy or sell all precious metals and of course uh, the IRAs that I talked about you can get in touch with me directly through the website happy to uh, to walk you through that because in a world of bulls and bears be a wolf ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next time